What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai, and I'm smiling from ear to ear. My boy, Jacob, just hit me up uh, to tell me something really cool about his baby that's being born. And so I'm stoked about that. He caught me right at the right time, right at the beginning of filming. Uh, if you like the show, make sure you hit that um, uh, subscribe button and hit that notification bell if you want to know when these things are dropping. Uh, make sure you like this and share with your friends. Uh, drop me a comment. Let me know what you want me to talk about in the future as well. Look, if you want that real Lucky's Muay Thai experience, you got to come by the gym. So in order to do that, you got to hit up luckysmt.com. Um, there's a form on there. Fill that out. You get a free workout. And then you can go there and just email us and ask us, you know, if you want to know information about the gym, prices, all that. Drop us a line there and we'll be able to accommodate you. Um, in today's show, I'm going to give you a little Lucky Known Facts right at the beginning. And then we're going to get into a conversation with my boy Jacob. And we're going to talk about kickboxing in the U.S., Muay Thai in the U.S. And why there isn't any or why it isn't popular. And there's just a lot of comparisons to things that we talk about with MMA and boxing and other things. So make sure you stick around for that conversation. And at the end of that, we're going to make our picks for the trilogy between Cormier and Stipe. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. All right. Here is the Lucky Known Facts. Lucky Known Facts. I had a trilogy fight. Crazy, crazy thing. Um, so these were my last few fights as an amateur. And there was a chance for me to win a title on my way out. So I took it. Now, I went into this fight doing a lot of things that I thought were going to be just amazingly beautiful, right? So I went in... Shout out to my man, Mickey, who, you know, he's been nothing but a gentleman since the beginning. And man, if there was ever a dude I loved to fight, it was that guy because he was a bull. He was a tank. He never let up. And it was always a challenge, right? So in the first fight, Mickey and I are fighting for the Battle of Siam title. And this is a title that uh, crew Dominic up at Elite Muay Thai, he puts on these shows. He is the uh, founder of uh, U.S. MTA, I hope I got that right, or N-A-M-T, I don't know, I got it wrong, North Atlantic Muay Thai Federation, N-A-M-T-F maybe, anyway, he puts on these great shows, so he gave me an opportunity to have a title fight, and so I went out, and I thought the best thing to do is I'm just going to not let this big dude hit me, so I spent that whole fight being really elusive, using my jab, using my low kick, and, and teeps, I believe. I don't think he really hit me the entire fight. But the problem was, as I spoke about in the prior podcast, is I did a lot of circling and moving around. Now, to me, it was clear I won the fight. And when the fight ended and they announced him as the winner, people legitimately booed. I threw my arms up. I was devastated. I had to, you know, I talked to people that were supposedly going to help me with reviewing it. I knew nothing was going to happen, but it was awful. I went and sat in the stands with the fans. I was just, ugh, I was disgusted. Anyway, things happen. I, I didn't fight the fight the way, the way I should have. They needed a little more action. I think the judges did for me to be able to take the title, if you will. So, we schedule a rematch, which is great. Because I'm like, yo, I know I won that fight. And if the problem is that I just didn't fight enough, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight. So, in the second fight, which was also an amazing fight, I was like, yo, I'm ready for whatever. I don't want to say war because war is like, that's some real shit. But I was ready for, you know, let's, let's bang. So 
Uh, let's go back to really the first fight. Mickey won a split decision. So into the second fight, I go out and I'm just, we're slugging it out. We slugged it out the entire fight and a draw. I was devastated. I was hurt. We, we brought it, man. But I thought, you know, I'm going to be aggressive, aggressive and show. So at the end of that fight, Mickey tells me, you know, there's only one, one, one thing we have that we can do. And he's like, I thought maybe that you had it, you know, he's like, let's, we got to do it again. So a lot, a lot of time passes. I was coaching other fighters, doing other things. And I, you know, I wanted to turn pro. Like I just didn't know what to do. As I said, I never had, a, you know, anybody like sort of managing me and, you know, leading my career path. And I didn't know who to contact. I didn't know anything. I was just, you know, I'm still, I, I knew how to fight and I knew how to coach. And as far as like managing and things like that, I was just kind of getting my booking my fights and, uh, promoters were contacting me that I knew and they knew me. So that part was easy. I didn't know how to sort of reach out to other people or even get booked on other shows at that point. Um, so we ended up in a draw. We set up another fight. A, a lot of time passes. And then I'm training hard because I'm training with a lot of people that are also fighting. So I'm training with all my team that I'm training. Um, training, sparring with them, everything. So we get into this third fight. We go and uh, we get there. Mickey's there. He's a little bit overweight. So I decided, yeah, man, it's all good. Whatever. I'll take it at whatever, whatever it is. I'll take it. Um, I'll take him whatever weight he is. And we smile about it. You know, he's a good, like I said, he's a good dude. But we go into that fight and man, I was so ready. I had trained everything. I was working uh, catch and counters, uh, three punch combinations, uh, working the body a lot. I worked, I think, almost the entire round in the second round in Southpaw. And I think what I found out about myself was I was really put to the test during that because Mickey was not, he never stopped, right? I'm, I put the fight up on YouTube. It's on there now. Um, he never stopped. He just kept coming. And I hit him with some hard, hard shots. And shout out to him. And, and for me, it just solidified that, yo, I finally did everything at the amateur level that I felt I could do with the time I was given. So for me, it was time for me to step up another level or do nothing, right? Or just coach. So, um, yeah, man, that was my trilogy. I loved it. I came out on top. Finally, I was so stoked. I loved the fact that we had this experience like that experience right there is kind of crazy, man. You really get to know somebody. You really get to, uh, have to improve your skills every time because you know, they know what you're doing. So you don't have any choice, but to try to do new things, uh, change your style a little bit, uh, add some new tweaks. And also there, you know, listen, Prue Dominic is one of the best coaches in Florida, if not the best. And um, for me, especially at that time, to beat one of his guys was, man, especially after all that, he got to watch me. He knew what I was going to do. He was like preparing. Like he knew, you know. So for me, that was a special moment. And um, as we get into this Cormier and Stipe situation, you know, I love trilogy. So this is going to be a fun time for me to watch these dudes and how they react to each other, you know, after the fight's over, how they fight against each other, what tweaks or changes they made, 
and I'm stoked to see it. I hope y'all, you guys are too. Drop me a comment. Let me know who you think is going to win. And as I said, stick to the stick uh, around for the conversation with Jacob, and uh, so we can you can see what our picks are at the end of it. Um, I hope you like this uh, lucky known fact. Lucky known fact. Again, it was a great trilogy. Shout out to Mickey. Shout out to Elite Muay Thai. Shout out to Crew Dominate. Um, that was a freaking fantastic time and one of the best moments I think I've ever had. So, uh, without further ado, here is my man Jacob and, uh, our conversation. Enjoy. Welcome back to the BCMA podcast. It's my boy Jacob in the building. Uh, we got him today because we want to talk about the, uh, trilogy coming up and we're going to talk a little bit about, <laughs> um, why Muay Thai kickboxing hasn't blown up here in the U.S. Yeah, we. I, it's something I don't quite understand. We send our people over to Thailand to learn. We send people all across over the world. I mean, our fighters go to. I mean, right, I, our, we, I mean, American fighters. But I but mean, do we American send them or do they go? Who I mean, MMA like um, for AKA basically sends them because they well, have AKA the, has a gym there, right? So they send them there to learn. Kick to uh, Muay Thai. You people well, when do did that start? Well, I think the, with the explosion, I'd say maybe five years ago. It okay. was pretty, pretty recent. I mean, I don't know. I would say at least within my circle, the people that I was like aware of started really traveling to Thailand maybe five, ten years ago. Not much. That not that I know. That was much sooner. I know John Lee Parr, all those legends. They were all fighting there, but I think as the uh, the, the layman, people who just want to learn, and now you just select which gym you like, you go, you learn their style, you can go to the south, you go to the north, you learn different styles, but yet, why, I don't know why we come back and there's no, like, uh, huge Muay Thai or kickboxing tournaments. I think what one championship did, like, they just did the one in Bangkok for the um, No Surrender. It was an awesome card. It was, yeah. What what five five kickbox five Muay Thai matches, one kickboxing match, and one MMA match. And the MMA match was a Muay Thai stamp. She's just moving her way into MMA. So I don't understand why if that makes it. So we had somebody at the gym, one of our guys, come in and say just how much he enjoys one championship more than UFC. I mean, okay. And that, I mean, I I kind of feel aesthetically. I think it's more fun to watch in a ring than in a cage, like the kickboxing. Yeah, I like I like the way the aesthetically the way one championship lays out their fights. I just don't understand what we have to do to get a little bit more attention to that because now it's on ESPN, now it's on uh, ESPN Plus, it's on every format, but it's only MMA. There's no. Yeah, I mean, all right, so let's kind of, let's, I mean, I guess we should sort of discuss backwards in, to, in some respect. Um, when uh, UFC had that big, big explosion, it was after um, the fight from the Ultimate Fighter where Griffin and Bonner fought, right? Bonner we fight, talk yeah. about this all the time. So that also was around during the time of like the tough man fights, right? Uh, before it was MMA, it was NHB, no holds barred. Right. Right. So, but a lot of these things appealed to people that were like blue collar. Um, and also guys that just, you know, 
weren't weren't as I don't know savvy about other sports maybe, and it was it it, it, it appealed to like this animal thing. Go ahead. Do you think it takes to have that's the that's I feel like the thing about Muay Thai and and kickboxing is I don't feel like it takes that much understanding to watch and be like oh man those two dudes are beating each other up or I see one person clearly winning. For me, when I watch, let's say, in the UFC, and like uh, two dudes are grappling, and Joe Rogan screaming that that person's about to do something, I have no idea what's going on. So to me, I would think that the UFC, which involves a lot more grappling and wrestling and all these transitions, requires more knowledge and skill to understand, which is why everybody's always booing when there's like a quote-unquote slow fight. I mean, I think that's, I don't know if that's, well, sometimes a slow fight, they boo when they're standing up. I mean. Yes, for sure. Like, I, I think I mean, it, I think that, you know, you got to give uh, MMA some credit commentators because they describe things really well. You know, oh, he needs to put his left leg here, his right leg there. Like, you know, it, it that's kind of up to the people that are watching to listen to that and then, or try to get, become knowledgeable about it. Listen, if you're going to like it, you know, if you're going to like it and call yourself a fan, I mean, you would think you'd want to become somewhat knowledgeable about any any of the th- stuff that's happening, right? Like, you want to know what's going on. So, I think what I was saying was about the UFC early and no holds bar, tough man fights, is that the regular Joe could do that, right? The regular Joe could feel like they were a part of that. Yo, I fight. I fought a dude. I mean, I told you, I was uh, friends with a kid, had a sleepover at his house. His stepdad was there. His mom was gone. And his stepdad was like, I'm coming back later. And he went to go fight. And in no holds, he came back all jacked up, you know, with a bottle of half a bottle of Jack. And uh, that was my first experience of knowing somebody that was involved in that. And that was way back, man. That was way back. So, I mean, I. I think that what happens is it's hard to get into a sport that came from somewhere else. You don't know people's names. Um, yeah, I, I wondered if it's tough because, like, we you know we don't understand that the ties call themselves the last, the last name by the gym association. There are also some long, crazy names sometimes for us that we would be like, "Oh, that's a weird name." It's not. They're forced. not buying for our attention. They're not yeah, buying for our attention like that. They don't have to. I mean, you see a little bit more now, like they'll come over here and do seminars and that kind of stuff, but they had Europe, they have, I mean, you go during the time the Australians are there, I mean, it's Australian versus Thai, Australian versus Thai, like, you know, a ton of cars. Three in a row, yeah. So, like, they're not, they don't need us to pay attention to them. We want, we want, you and I and other people like us, want people in the U.S. to pay attention because we know it's exciting. We know they would, they would love the fighters. You know, we know that there's fantastic stories to be told. Like, there's a lot of reasons that why we think it would be valuable in the space, right? But, you know, I, we don't have enough names. We don't have the promotion for it. Nobody's taking U.S. fighters and, and making them the stars of their organization. Um, you know, one just took Demetrius Johnson over there. And... I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any real promos for him. I haven't seen any, you know. Uh, no, I saw a lot. lot early. Early. When no, he first got in. I recently, because I think he's fighting soon on, but I think everything's been from, I know. I saw I saw a one championship thing recently where they're talking about the mighty one. But like, yeah. that's it. 
they're not, nobody's vying for American fighters to be stars in Muay Thai or kickboxing in a way that they're putting money behind them. The way the UFC goes, oh shit, Conor McGregor's knocking out a few dudes, you know, um, maybe, and he's got a little bit of a mouth on him. Maybe we can throw some money behind this and turn him into something. Nobody's doing that for kickboxing and Muay Thai. That's, that's one big issue. I mean, Janet Todd is an amazing fighter, man. She should be a fucking, she is to us, but she should be a fucking star. I guess they're not looking for our attention. We're trying to bring them. And that's the difference. I feel like, and I, and what I think, what I like about the storyline so much in, in Thai fighting and in Thai style is also just the, the whole aspect of the, you're, you're doing this as a two year old. You've, you've grown up through your father's gym. You've learned different styles and now you're like a Moi Femu and you go into these stadiums and like you're fighting for money. You're, you're doing this for as a career, but as a career path, as a, from starting at two, you know what I mean? We look at people at, at the UFC who are like, yeah, I'm 25. I started when no, I was 200 fights by the time you're 22 and like, right. Yeah. And like, that's one of those things. That's what, like, where, where else in the world do you see people come out? Even in boxing, 50 and 0 is, is considered like, 50 wow my god like there's 200 uh who sitichai was something like 161 and 35 you know what i mean like it's something but you know but we have to consider a few things just to be fair um they don't really have amateur fights there every fight is a fight right Right. you're a pro pretty much right out the gate um so when you're in comparison if you're talking about a fighter, a boxer, for instance, that became a boxer a little bit later, meaning like maybe in his teens or something like that, he's not going to have as many amateur fights. But if you look at a guy like Rigandau, Rigandau had like 300 fights in Cuba or whatever, you yeah. know, amateurs before anything right. else. Um, and you see that a lot in different places. I think Lomachenko had maybe close Loma, to Loma had something like 50, 50 to 70 amateurs. And then like, more than that. But anyway, regardless, like you, you have to look at it in the perspective of what about the amateur fights? And then again, that story is amazing to you and I, and to other people, it would be a fantastic story too. But how, but we don't have that here necessarily. We have versions of it, right? Guys that grew up in the hood and they went to, you know, Crompton to get out of the hood or they went to, you know, wherever, right? Whatever the case may be. They found, you know, uh, Shannon Briggs found his way out of uh, Brownsville, Tyson, all these guys. They found their way through these hardships. So we have stories. They're not those stories. They're different. But we need somebody, we need somebody to tell American stories for this sport. You don't think it's the same story, just with a different background? Like... That's what I'm saying. It is, but but nobody's telling this story from for kickboxing right. and Muay Thai in the U.S. Like I think the closest thing was like the the old stuff that used to be out, the the can't stop crazy stuff, where they had yeah, those yeah. little documentaries about Kevin Ross and you know Joe Schilling and whatever, all these people. Even Don Fry for a little bit when Pride when he was like, I remember there was like a time where Don Fry was like looked at to go over Pride as like the. I mean, when I was young, I was like 15, but he was like. The American, the one guy who like was making his way over. Yeah, but we're still talking that you're still talking about MMA. That's yeah, you're right. Those no, you're right. And that's Joe Schilling. That but if be you're like- talking about kickboxing and Muay Thai and from the U.S., we know a lot of the stories. You and I, people around us, a few of them. 
But listen, when we talk to students at the gym, we mention stories or say, say things and they're like, I mean, their literal understanding of combat sports is three years deep, maybe. And all of that, almost all of it, 98% of it is MMA from the UFC. They were never interested really in boxing before that, unless it was like a Floyd Mayweather fight and they didn't know what the fuck they were watching. They were there for the party, right? Right. They didn't follow it before that. They were kids growing up. They didn't really get, you know, MMA was around when they started getting into things that were combat related. A lot of them, you know, and, and as far as like kickboxing, Muay Thai, it's just, they don't know any of it and they don't even know anything beyond maybe four or five years of MMA knowledge. So right, asking the them to take in the a whole hype that up that grabbed the world at the time. Yeah. Taking the asking them to grab a sport where they don't really know the fighters, and there aren't many U.S. fighters that they can also be like, "Yo, I relate to that person." Here's what's fucked up, though: there are a ton of U.S. fighters that we would be like, "Oh shit, I relate to that person," but again, nobody's taking the money and putting it behind these fighters, you know, sponsoring them, getting them, you know, where they're training all the time, ready to go and fight and beat up the top you know, kickboxers, Muay Thai fighters in the world. And even if they are and they become that person and they go do that, they're not getting the support from the U.S. because they're not being sold to the U.S. They're mostly going to be sold to the other place as either the opponent from the U.S. that's coming in to get their ass kicked or the opponent from the U.S. that's supposed to be the phenom coming to take over. Now, what we need is somebody that has charisma, ability and is willing to you know get out there and make a fucking show like we need somebody to put on a show and carry that shit for a length of time that makes people want to watch winning one or two fights or being a star for a minute is like yo you have to i think you have to go on a winning streak you got to talk that shit you got to you also have to mix and mingle with the people that are already there Right. So you got to mix with, you know, you got to be at the parties where the Floyd is or the fuck or whoever are the top guys in MMA and whatever. You got to kind of be around those people so you can share in that light. They hey, they can't be able they they can't deny you like you knock motherfuckers out over and over or you put on a badass show over and over. They're going to want to be in that same place with you anyway. And then you get that light. You, you know, we need somebody to push that. And then we need another guy to come up and they'd be like, oh. You know, like we need something for people to grab onto, and like I said, unfortunately, that's. I hope with the with the boom in ESPN and MMA that we can get some promotions that put money behind that, put put just the striking aspect, put money behind people who can grow into these superstars. Because you know, Joe Schilling went into Cowboys camp, all those things. Like they 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 mix. There's some that go in. It's just. But he has to fight Bellator MMA, or right. does he do Bellator kickboxing? He did MMA um, last fight. But see, yo, look, there you go, and there's exactly what we're saying. Here, you and I are fans of this shit, and we don't even fucking know, right? We don't and even I know. know like, and you're somebody. Obviously, I've spoken about before. Somebody I, I really like as a fighter and, and as a person, and like, here we are. We don't even know what the fuck's going on because nobody's out there fucking pushing it. But I mean, obviously, we're in a pandemic now. But even right. before this, it was like. Who's and fighting? If it's part of the belt kickboxing, it gets pushed into the prelim, prelim that happens at six thirty. That you got to really be there to watch. 
And I yeah. feel like that happens to our fighters too with the MMA uh, 305 fights. You know what I mean? We'll edit that out. It's funny you said that because it's not a diss. I was just about to bring it up. Um, because they put, listen, man, they put on shows and they're one of the only, you know, they're one of the only amateur places around that are putting I on watched, I watched a bunch of their, uh, on their, on their Instagram page yesterday, a bunch of their kickboxing fights. Yeah. Okay. And they have the, you know, and they do their marketing, they put out, they have a podcast, they do a bunch of shit. So this is not like at all a diss, but it's one of those situations again, where we're faced with, you know, a situation, kickboxing, MMA, right? So they are doing fights. We thought we were going to have some fighters be able to fight on that card. And unfortunately they decided to make it an all MMA card, which they usually do a few of both. And we don't, we don't really get fights unless there's some promoters around doing them. Otherwise we have to travel up to uh, Tampa or Daytona if they're doing any up there. And we've been lucky enough uh, recently to have some local, which we haven't had in a long time or hardly ever. So here we are ready to put some fighters in fights. All MMA. Because that, I feel like maybe that, I, that can also be like the, um, what's it called? Like the D-Leagues almost. You know what I mean? Like, well, they have a chance because the UFC is moving. There's no kickboxing moving. There's no Muay Thai moving. So only MMA, maybe one of those can go to Titan. From Titan, they go to UFC. You know what I mean? It's like um, that path is almost set for, for MMA. Where there's no path yet for kickboxing. Listen, man, MMA is structured, man. They got a, they got a good structure. And yeah. They have a good following. Like I said, until we get some American superstars or listen, oh God, man, when they, I swear, I think that when that can't stop crazy shit was all going on, that was a prime time to start really, really pushing U.S. fighters. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't, like Joe, Joe Schilling said it, man. He's like, man, we can't just do this by ourselves. Meaning like, you know, him and a couple of guys that are, somewhat known are the only ones you know really getting promoted and getting fights getting you know they're carrying the u.s on their back and it was hard to find people after them now i'm not denying there are a ton of great fighters that have won a bunch of fucking wbc belts and wmc like all these belts but the problem is again promotion for these people so that they can so that we can grow the sport bigger right they're, you know they're it's funny promote them and, and the, I feel like in the UK also, there's and kickboxing and Muay Thai is so much bigger. Like, yeah. they had a lot of the UK fighters, a lot of the British fighters, you know, go over and fight the Thais. And the Thais went over. Yokao brought the first, I think the, Yo, the first or second Yokao events were in, were in Britain, you know. So they bring everybody over to the UK. Like, there's a, there's a decent, because there's a lot of people pushing that. There's a lot of, like you said, there's investment in that. The Liam Harrison's, started when he was 17 or fighting on those cards, you know, and, and they were filmed. They're on, it's not like an amateur film, like their friend filming it. It's there. they have somebody there paying for filming. So there's, 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 there's money behind those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, that the value of the money is, um, great. Like they're not trying to go out and buy a bunch of, uh, you know, fly shit. Right. I don't, I don't think it's the same as, I don't think it's the same in other countries, you know, listening to, um, uh, some of the fighters that when they talk about money, they just don't talk about it the same way. 
they're not like, yeah, I'm trying to get all the hundred thousand million dollars. I'm trying to fight for the, you know, they're trying to fight the best people. They hardly ever talk about their money. Hardly ever. The, the yeah, it's true. And, and that, and I feel like that's, I guess to me, that's what appeals to me more is the, the combat, the martial art aspect, the, the seeing the who's best without money, without, without any of those other things, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I wish that we could get a couple of stars. God, you know, it would be ideal is if we had a couple of huge MMA stars and they were just like, you know what? We're going strict. We don't want to grapple anymore. We're going strictly into uh, kickboxing or Muay Thai. The opposite of Izzy? The opposite of Izzy. And then, you know, next thing you know, maybe, maybe some shows get some followings and stuff like that. I mean, we love one. Every time we get a chance, we try to turn people onto it as far as like, you know, watch it, become a fan of it because the fights are great. Um, I talked about the politics. There's, there's people, always people complaining about the politics of their promoters or of promoters of different organizations. So I just try to not get into that because I don't know enough of the ins and outs of any of these companies. You know, I'm not in those offices. I don't fucking know, but I'm always going to root for the fighters. So that being said, my brother, what's your pick? What's your pick for this trilogy on Saturday? I don't know. Let me hear yours. Let's hear yours. You go first. I'm I'm taking Daniel Cormier. Yeah. <laughs> hesitantly? I'm not even... It's not hesitantly. It's just that you know when you're talking about these guys, at least these two especially, that, you know, it's going to be tough for either one. And I'm going to pick Steve I'm picking Steve I just um, think that Stipe has, DC has a lot more obligations. I hear him every Monday talking about, you know, it's getting harder because the camp is going through, but he's still doing all the media. He's still doing the DC and Hawaii show. He's still doing all that other stuff. Stipe is not even on Instagram. He stopped doing everything. I mean, look, dude, he's a fireman though. During right. the pandemic. He all, and he postponed the camp because he was doing those things. Exactly. So, so he's been so now he's it well. Also, you know, eye injury. I know. That's I'm just saying, like he's that's it's not, very, he's not that's doing what DC's color. doing. Right. He's not doing what DC's doing, but he's he's got some distractions. For sure. But I also think anybody who beat the shit out of Francis can handle DC. Hmm. Interesting take. Beat the shit out of. I, I mean, I watched it recently. I watched it recently. It was, dude, for the person that Francis is, the predator, the scariest human being alive, all those things. He took the punches. He beat up Francis. I mean, they were exhausted. I don't remember how much. I, I vaguely remember. I remember the fight pretty well. But how much wrestling was in that fight? I'm just curious. Depends on when. I mean, they, uh, towards the second, third round, they're already, like, they're wrestling a lot more but the first two first round and a half the first seven eight minutes was steep yeah them fighting it was them it was a lot of stand-up and seven minutes who's lasted three minutes with francis uh, after fair before enough. and after fair enough. you know what i mean and i think that the first knockout the first dc knockout was eight months after this the steep francis fight there's a little bit of concussion for i with every, i put all my money into the fact that that man was heavily concussed after the Francis fight. It takes a while. 
and he ha- he came back last fight. I think that Stipe does it again. I think Stipe's. Can I ask you a question though? Did, was sure. Stipe winning that fight until the body shots? No, and that's what I love about it because you can still come back and win. That's what makes you the greatest heavyweight of all time. Do you think that? Do you think that a DC that's winning a fight like that this time will allow somebody to come back, or do you think he'll be like, "Yo, I'm not. I'm finishing this. I'm taking him down. I'm gonna whatever." I mean, I think he's going to try, and I think that this is what we're going to see is two really... I mean, they're both, what, almost... DC's 40, Stipe's almost 40 also, right? One, I think. Right. So, they've both been in the game a very long time. They've both fought the best for the longest. I'm excited to see, but I think that Stipe is a better heavyweight. I'm betting you you a large uh, ice latte of my choice, then. All right, it's on. Vice versa. So, so, uh, so, what's the prediction though? What, what, what? Do you feel like there's a round? Do you feel like it's gonna go all five? What do you think? I think it, it might go all five. I think it might go all five, and I'm gonna say Stipe versus unanimous. Hmm. Like a, a like a decision, a clear like he they don't he doesn't knock out DC. I think DC too good of a head movement. He doesn't really get knocked out other than if you're John Jones. I say, Stipe. Yo, I'm going to give you the illest prediction ever. Are you ready? Let's hear it. DC by rear naked choke in the third round. All right. (laughs) All right. I'll be so mad. If he forces around to get it, I'll be so mad I didn't gamble. I'll be like, this is what I fucked her. How'd he do that? Callmybookie.com. It's ridiculous. So what do you got going on, man? What's up? What's your That's day like? That's it, man. I'm out. I got 5% left on the phone. I'm going to go see the parents. That's about it for today. All right. Well, brother, it was great talking to you. Um, can't wait to have my giant ice latte of my choice. <laughs> um, yo, man, I'll wrap to you later, brother. I appreciate having you on the show. It's my man Jacob on the BCMA podcast. Thank you. Uh, he'll be seeing you at the gym because his ass is going to be teaching a lot more. Peace. Peace. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the tie sword. That's my crew. That's my crew right there. <laughs> that's the first one. Yeah, that's my crew. That's hilarious. Peace. Stop this. Yeah, that was my conversation with my boy, Jay. Uh, I hope you liked it. As you heard, my pick for the trilogy between Cormier and Stipe is Cormier. I think he'll do what's necessary to win this fight and go out on top. I don't know if he'll ever fight again, but, you know, either one of these guys wins and it further solidifies their place in MMA history as one of the all-time greats, either one of them, not that they already aren't. Um, that being said, if you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you want to know when these are dropping, hit that notification bell. If you want to stop by the gym, luckysmt.com. Drop us an email. We'll set up something or we'll send you information, whichever one you want. Um, and let's uh, let's see what happens in this trilogy. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to holler at y'all next week. Peace.